because uh, that's our wage for kids. I'm just kidding. Thank you, Karen, for helping us with that. Uh, how many of you this morning, how many of you want to be encouraged? Come on. I mean, how, many, how many of you want to be encouraged? Okay. You want to be encouraged? Here's what I'm going to tell you to do. I'm going to tell you how to take out a pen or it's 2017. Take out a phone, whatever works for you. And uh, you can type things down. You can even take pictures of the, of the screens if you want. But I, my heart's desire this morning is to be an encouragement to you. And uh, I believe that if you will allow uh, God to speak to your heart, then, uh, then, then you, will, uh, you will be encouraged uh, here this morning. And so this morning, what I, wanted, what I want to do, I, I, let's just bow our heads, close our eyes real, real quick. And uh, I'm, this morning, I'm going to preach on gospel promises to embrace today. And let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to, to be here this morning. And uh, God, you've given us such a, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful day, uh, weather-wise. And uh, God, to... Uh, just really to give the day over to you, to worship you. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful for each person that has uh, endeavored to be here today. And uh, Lord, I don't believe they're here by accident. And uh, Father, I trust that, Lord, you will, uh, that you do a mighty work. I pray that you would empower the word this morning. And uh, God, we'll give you all the honor and all the glory for everything that's said and done. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have heard me say this before, uh, but it is worth uh, me repeating it again. I am deeply persuaded that many Christians, and uh, that would include myself, absolutely myself included, have a big gap in the middle of our gospel theology. And what I want us to do this morning, by way of just introduction, I want to I want to break it down for you real quickly, and then I want to I want to apply it in a new and a fresh way that you and I we can glean the promises of the gospel. And then you can embrace that, and it can go out into your life today. I really would encourage you to jot some of the, some of the promises that I'm going to put up uh, on the screen over the course of this message, because I believe it can be a great help to us. I think that you and I, this morning, we're very strong in understanding the theology of what I would call the gospel past, meaning that we, 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 we trust deeply in the uh, historical sacrifice of Jesus Christ when he paid for our sin on the cross and he paid our penalty for the wages of sin is death and Jesus Christ died on the cross. I think that we have a great grasp of that. We have a great understanding of, uh, of what Jesus Christ did for us. And I also think that we have a strong understanding of the theology of what I'll call the gospel future, meaning that we eagerly await the either returning of Jesus Christ or the day that we take our last breath and we get to spend eternity in heaven. And we know that we know that day is coming. And so we cling to what Jesus did for us on the cross and we hold out hope for the day in which we will go to heaven. But I believe there's something missing often in our lives. And it's in between those two things. We either do not understand what God is trying to do right now in our life, or I think this might be a little bit more of it, we fail to embrace the nowism of the gospel or the change that it makes for you. And, and I'll be honest with you, I have over the last probably 12, uh, maybe maybe 15 hours, if I, if I know you and uh, 
and you know, so for example, if this isn't your first time you're here, honored to have to have guests with us this morning. But as I've prayed for you, and I prayed that God would that, that God would help uh, you this morning through the time that we're going to spend here in the Word. And so this now is in the gospel, or in other words, we might not take fully advantage of all the benefits of the past work of Christ for you today. And so what I want to do is I want to outline several gospel promises that are offered to us right here, right now, that you literally can take outside these doors in the next 30 minutes or so, and you can begin to embrace and begin to cling to them in your everyday life. And it's my hope that you'd come back to these promises regularly, maybe even tomorrow and the next day. And that's why I'd encourage you, if you have the ability, to write these down. First of all, the first promise I want to share with you is the gospel promises forgiveness today. The gospel promises forgiveness today. Even though we believe in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, I don't think we fully embrace his forgiveness today. See, what happens is, is that many of us, we, we carry around our, our sins in a proverbial backpack, so to speak, okay? And yes, I brought a backpack here, and I've asked, uh, I've asked um, Nicholas if he, could, if he could help me here this morning. And Nicholas, come on up here and come down here. Here's what I want to do. This is going to be a different kind of Sunday for us. Is that okay? Everyone's all right? Everyone's all right? We're going to, we're going, I don't know what this is for, but uh, maybe to go to school. I'm, I'm out of school. Praise the Lord. How many of you, let's see here. Let, this is going to be totally different. Who could, who could name out a sin? It, it, it could be anything. Who, who, who knows of a sin? Rick? Pride. Okay, pride. Can you go ahead and grab one of those rocks down there for me? Hopefully this backpack holds. I'm really strong, so we're good to go. But see, there's these rips up here. So, all right. Pride. Okay, good. All right, who can say, I mean, just something else. Another, another sin. You don't have to confess your sin this morning. Just a sin. You know, maybe the person to your right, you can confess their sin for them. But who knows of another sin? Freddie. What's that? Deception. Okay, can, can you grab another rock, please? Don't grab that big one. He's, he's looking at that really big one right there. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be done with that one. Okay, thank you, sir. Ooh, kind of feels like, you know, the Warriors are going to feel later today when LeBron dunks on him. Oh, well, you still listen to me. Andrew about walked out. Totally different kind of Sunday. And so I'm definitely going for the Cleveland Cavaliers today. But how about another sin of arrogance? Okay, another, another sin. Come on, talk to me. Someone else. What? Greed. Yes. Okay, would you grab another rock, please? Another one, Elizabeth. Envy. Envy. Can you grab another one? Who's got another one? Gossip, where we'll talk bad about somebody else. Yes, gossip. Come on, who's got another one? Mike. Lust. Yep, can you grab another one? Did you just put two in there? Man, that's a heavy one for us, right? Us guys in here. Okay, another one. Covetousness, where... Where, where, where you want more than what God's given you. And some that can go even with envy. Oh, my soul. Okay. Dave. Idleness, where we'll, where we'll worship other things. Can you, can you? You're, you're getting smart grabbing two at a time. Just don't put two in there at a time. Dave. Unbelief. 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 Who's, who's got another one? 
Anybody else? Murder. Help us. Yep, murder. We had a lot of that going on in London. We need, we need to pray for those people over there. Absolutely. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Anger. Anger. There's a few more. You can get that big one. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Is, is there still room? Okay, can you try to zip that up? That's all the sin I can handle for today. It's getting all hot in here. Freddie. Self-righteousness. That's good. Thank you. Good job, Nick. Thank you, sir. He got his exercise in for the day. And uh, so we think about this. And we know that we know that Jesus took care of it. But here's what happens. You and I, we carry around this backpack. We carry around the the, the, the backpack of the, you know, uh, uh, of the guilt that goes along with it. And what happens is if we're not careful, our spiritual shoulders that were never meant to carry the weight of this sin, they begin to break down. And your faith begins to break down. And you begin to get to the place where, if you're not careful, where you begin to say, you know what, the, 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 the whole Christian life, it, it, it's not a reality. It doesn't, it doesn't change my, my everyday life. It doesn't change my everyday living. And if that's you here this morning, hear me, let me give you some encouragement. The reason why you feel like that is because you might have a backpack of the sin that you either committed or that you are still committing, and you carry it around. You carry, the, you carry the scars of the past. But let me, let me say something to you. Jesus took the weight of our sin on himself. And I in no way this morning am Jesus. He took the entire weight of it and he nailed it to the cross. I'm not even going to try to put it up there because I'm not strong enough. But here we go. But he took the entire weight of all of your sin and he bore it on his shoulders so that you and I would no longer have that guilt. You and I would no longer have to, to, to carry it any longer or to experience it any longer. The Bible tells us that he doesn't even remember your sins anymore. The Bible tells us that he completely separates your sin from you. Psalm 103, verse 12. Here's, the, here's just one verse that will go along with that promise. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Listen to me this morning. There is freedom at the cross this morning. Not only was there freedom the moment that you trust Christ as your Savior, that's, that's the past, hallelujah. But listen, his substitutionary death, taking the weight of the many sins that were, that, that were, that, that were mentioned and maybe that you hold you know, to you and say, I can't do this because of this, or God can't use me here because of this sin, or because of this past thing that happened. No, 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 no. You and I, we stand in freedom in from our sins. It, make no, it makes no sense for a believer to live imprisoned by fear, paralyzed by regret, or in the darkness of guilt and shame when complete forgiveness has been offered to us. So the first promise to embrace you this morning, when, when, when we think of the gospel, it is that you are forgiven today. Today. Now, if you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, that's your first step. You need to ask him to forgive you of your sins, and it's accepting what he did on the cross. But if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, then listen, that is still working today. It is still powerful for you today. So don't take your past with you. 
don't, don't allow those sins to go along with you. Okay, let me give you another gospel promise here this morning. It promises deliverance today. Deliverance today. Christ came not only to forgive us of our sins, but to also deliver us from them. See, it's on the cross that he, he broke the power or he broke the, the mastery of our sins or the mastery that, that sin had over us. I'm going to read a lengthy passage. All of the words should be up on the screen here. Romans 6, verse 1 through 14. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death? In other words, when you and I, when we accepted Jesus Christ, his death gets applied to us? Okay, verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, and like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. And that's why when we baptize, we say, you know, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Some would even say to newness of life. It's from this text. There's a, there's a difference when you, when, when, when you trust Christ. Everything that Christ did, it gets, it gets applied to you. Verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Okay? We get both applied to us. It's great. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. In other words, when Christ died, you and I, our sin, that, that, that mortal body, the, 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 the thing that just what makes us want to sin, that's been dead too. We've been delivered from that. Verse 7, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. James, can you jump down to verse number 12? Just go to the next slide. Verse number 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Someone mentioned lust. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For if sin shall not have, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. You know what that text means? If I could just boil a lot of those, you know, just biblical terms, if I could boil it down, it means that we don't have to give any longer to sins that used to dominate us. Prior to salvation, there might have been a sin, there might have been pride, there might have been deception, there might have been lust, there might have been anger, there might have been a lot of things that, that prior to salvation, you just did because you couldn't do any better. But then you trust Christ, you, 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 you come to a saving knowledge, whatever that past was for you, if you never trusted him, hey, make today the day, June 4, 2017, it'd be great. Or for me, it was in August of 2019. You go back to the past, but what I need to learn today and what I need to embrace today is that same power that, that, that delivered me from the bondage of sin is here today, delivering me from the same thing. I don't, I don't have to do the things that I, so to speak, used to do. Your life should look progressively different after you come to Christ. Called sanctification. Another big Bible word. Addictions can be broken. We can speak in a new way. 
We do not have to be angry all the time. It'll take effort. I understand that. It'll need to, you'll need to surround yourself with resources from the body of Christ to help, and that's why he places us into a community. Hear me. One of the things about a community like we have here, it ought to be a place where you and I, we can open up. Where you and I, we can, we can, we can bring our brokenness, so to speak. Uh, over the last couple days, I was kind of getting some training as a homeschool dad. Okay, We homeschool our kids. I'm a homeschool dad, and I was in a room with a, not a lot of dads. I was the only dad, actually. And it was, a, it, it was rather intimidating. But one of the ladies said one of the things that they liked about the community is that you can just say, you know what, I had a stinky week teaching my kids. And the others, they can understand. And so when you come to a community like this, you and I, we ought to, we ought to be able to share our brokenness with one another. We ought to be able to share our weaknesses. We ought to be able to share where we've fallen this week. And we don't do one of these, <gasps> I can't believe you would do that. I can't believe you would say that. Well, the, re- the reality is, is we probably thought it, we just didn't do it. Okay, so we've we, we got to be careful. And it's, there's, there, there's no condemnation in a community that is, that, that, that is centered around the gospel of Christ. And so we see that we've gotten forgiveness today. We've got deliverance today. Let me give you a third promise here this morning. The gospel promises power today. See, because if the gospel promises deliverance, it must also promise the power to deliver you. I know that, l- listen, we're really good at the past deliverance. But what about, the, what about the power today? I know for a fact there's people in here, I being one of them, that struggle with anger or that struggle with some of the things and the greed and the envy and the covetousness. So it's one thing to know that, that Jesus freed you from that, but it's also, I want you to embrace today that in the gospel you have the power to break whatever the bands of sin that are still on you, that you have kind of put back on. The gospel promises this. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In ourselves, hear me, we have no power and we can do nothing. But the Lord, he doesn't abandon us there. He doesn't leave us there. He gives us the power that is needed. The gospel fills us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be delivered to a new life from the benefits others and glorifies God. It's the same power that literally resurrected Jesus Christ. Let me show that to you. Ephesians 1, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, which he gave to Christ when he raised him from the dead. So you and I, we've got resurrection power living inside of us. When you and I got saved, when we trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we were given the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Here's my encouragement. I want to encourage you all morning. Don't say you can't. Don't say you can't give it up. Don't say, well, you know, I just, I can't, I can't give up that pornographic addiction. Yes, you can. I can't give up my, my anger. Yes, you can. I can't, I can't be loving to my spouse. Yes, you can. But listen, you really can't. But Christ living in you, the person of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, gives you the power 
that is needed. Stop living, Ryan, stop living a defeated Christian life. Man, <laughs> the gospel's too awesome for us to live this way. We're forgiven. We're delivered, not only back then. Praise God, you're delivered now, and you're delivered because you've given the power in the Holy Spirit, the power of Christ, to be able to be delivered from these things. Let me give you another promise this morning. You following me? You good? Number four, the gospel promises restoration today. Today. See, it's easy to look back on our lives when we see the wreckage. We look back on the lost opportunities and we live sometimes with such regret. It's tempting to wish that we could kind of rewind time. As I get older, just allow me, I'm still very young. Amen? As I, thank you, Sean. As I get older, I start saying, man, I wish I could go back to my 20s. Some of you that are in your 40s are like, man, I, I wish I could go back to 36 where you are, Ryan. Some of you are in your 50s, 60s, like, man, I wish I could go really far back. I get that. But sometimes what happens is, is we look back on some of the carnage of our life, some of the wreckage that sin causes, that ruins relationships, doesn't it? It just, it, it just breaks things. It's, just, it's, the, it's the natural tendency of sin. It ruins everything. And what happens is we look back and we're like, man, I wish I could, I wish I could delete that word that I said. I wish I, could, I wish I could take that action back. I, w- I wish I hadn't put that in print. And you kind of begin to look back, and honestly, it becomes a natural question to say, God, why did you take so long to remove this sin from me? But the gospel promises restoration. And it's not just with a new heaven, and it's not just with a new earth. That's the future. That's the, that's the, 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 the future of the gospel. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to go to heaven. I, I can't wait to see Jesus face to face. But what about right now? What about where he left me now? Okay, yeah, God, you, 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 you restored me to my relationship with God this way, and someday I'm going to get to see you face to face. But what about my everyday life? What about when I'm on the work, you know, when I'm going to work? What about in, the, in, in my home? Well, we see this promise in Joel 2.25, and I will restore you to the years that the locust hath eaten. The canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Ooh. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God and that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. You know what God is? God is a restorer. Those years, you looking at me, listening to me? They weren't wasted years. They were a part of of, of the plan. They were a part of a God that is sovereign and that is in control. He loves you and God has been bringing you to this point right here this morning. And he's brought you to a place where you have more insight. He's brought you to a place where hopefully you have some more conviction about you. But God's been bringing you along. He restores you. Everything changes. Jesus literally wipes out the past. His timing, it's always right. Now, we might not like that, but his timing's always right. The process has been tailor-made to accomplish what he promised. And what he promised, he promises a harvest of righteousness. 
and wonderfully God promises to restore what has been lost in the process so that we, his people, will never have to be put to shame. We'll never have to, we'll, we'll never have to feel ashamed. You don't have to look to your past anymore and you don't have to do one of those sad emojis. You know what I'm talking about, right? You do that. You don't have to do that when you look to your past. You don't have to look back to the, to the, to the sin that just maybe wrecked some things. No, in Christ, in the gospel, it gets restored. Job, or Joel 2, verse 27, And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. Church family, listen. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, in all of the right senses of this term, lift up your chin and look high. Because Jesus has made the difference in your life. You can just say, you know what? That past, I am going to be relinquished from that. It's pretty awesome. And only Jesus can do that. We find that in the gospel. Let me give you another promise here this morning. Promise number five. The gospel promises reconciliation today. Today. See, at the heart of the gospel narrative is the coming of the Prince of Peace. In him we find reconciliation not only with God, but also as we learned last week, as we concluded our series on overcoming evil, we learned that even in Jesus we get reconciled this way. He is the only one who can destroy the walls that separate us. He's the only one. See, we, we erect walls all over the place. We erect walls of race, and which these are ridiculous, but I'm just saying humans do this. The walls of, uh, of class and how much money we make and what language we speak and where we grew up and what color our skin is, all the different things, what gender we are. And we, 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 we eradicate all these, or we erect all these walls. Well, Ephesians 2 verse 14 says, For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. That's what, that's what Jesus does. Jesus, he, he broke down this, this middle wall of partition. The phrase broke down, it, it, it literally means to dissolve something that is coherent. And it's to literally destroy the walls. So in dying, Paul is saying, in Christ, this, this peace is brought to us, and he brings to end this, this wall of separation. Now, James, I want, you to, I, want, I want you to go to the next picture here. What you find here is the, you find here is the temple. This is kind of just a model of the Bible, of the biblical temple that, that, that you would often read about. And I want you to notice there's kind of a, there's a four-foot mini wall. Only Jews were allowed to go through and into the temple. If you were a Gentile, if you were a pagan, which honestly, that's like probably 98% of all of us in here. There might be some converted Jews in here. But the reality is that would, that, would have been, that, that would have been us. We would have been on the outside, okay, looking in. James, if you could, if you could go to the next picture there. You can kind of see towards the bottom there the remains potentially of what this of what this wall, the separation of the temple been, just kind of that, the, the, that bottom portion. And there were, James, if you can go back one more picture, sorry to do that to you. If you'll notice, this is a rendition, and there's, there's entrances all over, okay? And there's actually been a, um, they, they would erect a sign at each one of these, 
of these entrances, and an ancient sign has actually been found. James, if you can, if you can go to that picture. And uh, basically what it said was, is you're entering into the Jewish area of the temple, and Josephus, uh, who is a great Jewish historian, he tells us what these signs said. They were written in Hebrew, they were written in Greek, as well as in Latin. And here's what, here's what that says. No foreigner may enter within the barricade, this is of course translated into English, which surrounds the sanctuary and enclosure. Anyone who is caught doing so will have himself to blame for his ensuing death. So there was this four-foot wall that said, only Jews in, Gentiles couldn't come. Gentiles often would be called, in, in the English vernacular, would be like dirty dogs. And then those that spoke Greek at the time, they thought anybody that didn't speak Greek, they were called barbarians. Because when they spoke, it sounded like bar, bar, bar. And so they said they were barbarians. And so there was this, there was this huge division in between them. It was ever before him. Everything said, no, 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 you are, you are of no value. None. You cannot come in here. If you do, your life, as Josephus says, you are going to ensue your death. And so what you find back in our text, if we can go back, it says, for he is our peace. Hear me. Who hath made both one. He's referring to the Jew and the Gentile, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain in the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off. And to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Peace. If you were to go to, we don't have, I don't have the verse up there. If you go to Isaiah, it talks the same, the same text about peace unto those that are far off and to those that are nigh. You, you know what it's saying? Jesus says, hey, those of you that are on the outside, I come and I bring peace. Those of you that are on the inside, I come. I tear the wall down. Here's what's unique about the cross. Everybody must come to the cross the exact same way. By faith in Christ. Doesn't matter your background. I don't care if you grew up in church from the nursery and you were biting my little kid. It's more like my kid biting yours doesn't matter. If this is the very first time you walked into a church or you came from an abusive home or you came from a loving home, listen, Jesus Christ tears down the walls that separate us. We all come to him equally. We're all in Christ, one. Let me make this statement. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ is able to put love in hearts where hatred once reigned. The Jews 
hated the Gentiles. The Gentiles, trust me, hated the Jews. They looked at the Jews and they thought, oh, you just have all your rules and everything's got to be perfect. And Jesus comes, hear me, Jesus comes and he reconciles them. I want you to look around the room real quick. Just, just take a peek around the room here. You know what you find? You find all kinds of people. And you know what I say? Amen to that. I love the diversity of our church. I don't know why no one likes this section, but it's okay. I'm fine with it. You know what I love about you know you know you know what I love about the cross. You know what I, you know what I love about Jesus is that I'm trying to get a tan here, so that we can embrace other cultures, other languages, and we can say genuinely, "I love you." We're one in Christ. He reconciles. He makes the difference. One used to hate. The other used to hate. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. In me, we're going we're gonna to wipe all that out. You know, what, you know what America needs? You know what the world needs? The world needs Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He's the one that brings the change. Only the gospel can make thoughtless, self-absorbed people tender and compassionate. And it's only Jesus that can do that. It's only Jesus that can radically change you, completely reconcile your relationships. Only Jesus can take two people that, that, that used to hate each other and they were so self-absorbed and now they're like in Jesus, they're best friends. Only Jesus can do that. And you have him if you've trusted him as your Savior. Embrace it today. Embrace the, re embrace the reconciliation or how he brings us together. Only the gospel can out of ashes of human sin and failure the gospel produces the jewel of godliness. It's only out of the gospel that God can take such wreckage, such carnage, literally the hatred for Jesus that would send him to the cross, and Jesus takes something that's so horrendous, something that is so ugly and disgusting, and he says, you know what, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to make it into something beautiful. Can I say to you, if you know Christ as your Savior, you're beautiful. In Christ, you're beautiful. We've, we place so much emphasis in America, certainly, on the exterior and how we look and this and that. Listen, in Christ, you're beautiful. I wish every young girl could hear me say that every day, that you're beautiful in Jesus Christ. I love what the Bible says in Malachi 4, 6. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. Jesus came so this church would be a community of love, so this church would be a community of unity. John 17, verse 20, neither pray I for these alone, meaning just the disciples, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. This is his high priestly prayer, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. You and I, listen, the world looks to us and they want to see, or they should see unity. And Jesus, he does that. He levels the playing field. Sometimes, here's what happens. Sometimes we know that we know the truth. Just follow me real quick. We know that we know the truth. You know what I'm saying by that? We've been grounded in it. We know the truth. And we see other Christians and we're like, Shh, you're not really Christian. 
because they don't dot every I like us, or they don't cross every T like us. Listen, Jesus, Jesus, he knocks that out. He's the one. Now listen, doctrine divides, I understand that. You and I, we've got to understand that, that Jesus, he, he wants to see unity. Today the gospel promises hope where your relationship has been damaged and maybe even destroyed. Let me give you another one. Let's move along. You doing okay? Like, Pastor, it's not very encouraging. It should be. I hope it is. This is my prayer. Number six, the gospel promises wisdom today. The gospel promises wisdom today. You might be thinking, man, I, I got so much to change in my life, but I don't even know where to start and what to do to even make these changes. Well, then that's where this promise of wisdom of the gospel begins to shine because James tells us in James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. How simple, yet so encouraging. If we have, we, we have no reason to despair over our own, you know, ignorance, when all the treasures of the wisdom of God lie in Christ. Colossians 2.3 says, And whom are all hid, speaking of Jesus, are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You want to know what the invitation is this morning? The invitation from God is, He said, Jesus, He's all wisdom. He's all knowledge. Are you lacking wisdom? Are you lacking knowledge? Jesus says, Ask His help. Just ask for it. I'll give it to you. If you've got, you got a stronghold in your life and, and you're struggling, embrace the gospel. You don't need another book with 12 ways to quit a bad habit. Embrace the gospel. Embrace Jesus because in him you've got what is needed to deal with what is going on in your life. Let me give you another promise. Prom promise number seven. The gospel promises mercy today. Mercy today. The writer of Hebrews reminds us that Jesus was tempted like we are in every single point. So he understands, so he can sympathize, so he can, so he can understand with your weaknesses. He can understand with your struggles. Some of you, you've allowed me to know you are struggling. Guess what? Jesus understands. Jesus can enter in to, in, in, into that struggle. And we come to him and we, we find mercy and we find grace and we find help. In our time of need. I think we've looked at this verse, Hebrews 4, many times over the last several weeks. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God understands. Jesus understands. So let me ask you a question. Why do you run from him? Why do you run? In the hardest of situations, in the most trying of relationships, we never stand alone. You're never alone. You're always He's always with you. You're never left to your own personal abilities. Because I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror and I begin to evaluate myself, there's not a lot going there. And then you see Christ. And Christ says, hey, Ryan, I want to make up for every one of your weaknesses. I want to forgive you of that past sin. I want you to stand in your forgiven state right now. 
Ryan, I want you to I want you to go forward. I want you to walk into this newness of life with my power and with my mercy and my grace at your every fingertip. You're one prayer away from the mercy of the Lord. You're one prayer away from the grace that you need. And Jesus says, I understand. So today, as you face the realities of life in a broken world, it's broken. Relationships are broken. Families are broken. It's difficult. I want you to remember the gospel promise that's found in 2 Peter 1.3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through what? Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. It's in Christ, through the knowledge of Christ. You and I have been given every single thing that we need for life and to live our life in a godly fashion. So God's already given you everything you need. Remind yourself daily of these gospel promises as you look forward to the promise of eternity. Praise Jesus for the past. Praise him for the cross. Praise him for his bloodshed that was on Calvary. And I can't wait to get to heaven. I long for that day. I want to see him face to face. But what about everything in between? What about June 5th and June 6th and June 7th? What are you going to do until next Sunday? I would tell you, I would encourage you to cling to the same promises of salvation today, tomorrow, and the days ahead until you get to that future Jesus really is enough. I was so blessed yesterday to be able to spend some time with the family in our church. But I went away thinking there's some people that believe Jesus is enough. Do you? Do you believe he's enough? Do you believe he's enough for your past? The weight that you carry? I, I wish some of you could take your backpack off this morning. I wish you could. I wish you just literally lay it, at the, lay it at the cross. Oh, I know you did that for salvation, but you picked it back up. And you carried it around. You didn't lose your salvation. You never can. But you just walk through life like this. I'm going to be the way that I am. You know what I want you to do? I want you to, I want you to lay it at the cross because you're forgiven today. I want you to realize that you've been completely delivered from that sin. And you've been given the power to remain away from it restores us, he reconciles us, and he gives us mercy and grace every single day. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I submit this time before you. And Lord, I trust that you did a work in people's hearts.